Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller, and this is episode 44. Oh man, we're almost there. We're almost to the end of the year. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. It's lovely to have you here. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our drill, don't take notes. I've taken all your notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And while you're there, check out my incredible photography. It's what I do for a living. Food and product, hit me up. If you have questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any kind, shoot me an email at letsgoonafoodadventure@gmail.com, And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at Let's go on a food adventure. Okay, you guys, let's go on a food adventure. All right. Now, before we even get started, let's try something new. I want you to stop for a second. Hit pause. Go make your favorite cozy beverage. Hot tea. Maybe it's an espresso. Maybe it's a cappuccino. Maybe it's just a cup of coffee. Maybe it's a hot toddy. Maybe it's a Negroni. Whatever it is. Whatever your favorite cozy beverage is, go make it right now. Okay, did you do it? Did you? Do you need another second? Okay, come back. All right, now we're all back. I have my cappuccino right here. My wilt's now kind of turned into more of a latte. Thank you, Nespresso. If you ever want to work with me, please hit me up. And it's delicious. And I am doing a like mini micro episode this week on cozy things. It's kind of like a potluck sort of episode. I am very inspired with the coziness that is this week here in New England. And I was like, I'm just going to, I need to hit pause for a second. And I need to record a super mini cozy episode with you guys. So that's what we're doing. We're being cozy together and I'm living for it. I am going to talk about a bunch of random things that are just on my mind. And I thought, why not take you for a ride with me? So let's let's do this, you guys. Let's let's jump in. One of the first things I have to talk to you guys about, if you haven't heard about this, it's Stanley Tucci's book, his memoir called Taste. It is so stinking good. It is so good. It's a love letter. Well, it's a memoir about his life. And it's really a love letter to his family through food. And it's it's so good. You know, I connect with it in so many ways. I love the way that he grew up, his family, his grandparents were from Calabria and Italy. And it's just so sweet. And I, some of the things he describes... I also can relate to with my own personal family and just my love of food. And I love him as an actor. I think he's an amazing person. He's done so much for cancer research and because of him and his wife, um, his first wife and what they went through. And he's just, he's such a great human and he narrates the audiobook. He's a great writer. It's fabulous. 
it's so fabulous. And it takes you kind of from a journey of when he was a little kid all the way through to kind of where he is right now. And it's food the whole time. He's just really the markers of his life are defined by food in this book. And it's it's really, really, really good. So if you need a good book to curl up with on these cozy, cozy days right now that we're having, I highly recommend it. Um, and I love the audiobook because he's narrating it, but I also love the hard copy because I love a hard copy book. But I like, I'm a sucker for, usually the only hardbound books I buy are cookbooks. It's just my thing. It's what I do. And the reason I bought this in hardbound as well was because there's little recipe snippets within the book that he talks about. And as he's narrating the book, he also reads the recipes as well. So I was like, I have to get this. Even though he's written some cookbooks too, I was like, I, I need the hard copy as well. So highly recommend that. All right, we need to talk about cozy cooking. I just made last or earlier this week, because this is coming out on Friday, so I have to keep reminding myself that. So earlier this week, I made, and you saw a picture of it, the coziest, yummiest, and if you're a vegetarian, tune out right now, beef shank apotamus freaking deliciousness of a dish. It's a food and wine recipe. It is so stinking good. It is so easy and so good. Anyone can make this as long as you have time. It also doesn't have a ton of ingredients. And really, again, I can't stress enough, anyone can make this. Anyone can make this. You just need time. So you want some beef shanks. You're going to need a really dry, like a cab. I even used, even though it's not like super duper dry, but dry enough, a red zen and um, some port. Mm -hmm. Yep. So either a ruby port or if you have like a bottle of tawny lying around the house, you don't mind like cooking a quarter cup of it with. And this is enough for two people. We are three people. We did enough beef shanks for like three normal adult size portions. And you brown, you salt and pepper, dry the, okay, hold on. Back this, back this up. Dry the beef shanks off on a paper towel, salt and pepper, a little oil in a cast iron dish. Brown the hell out of them. Don't cook the hell out of them. Just get them nice and caramelized and brown. Take them out. Then you're going to saute your trio, uh, some carrot, onion, celery. I just smushed a garlic clove, throw that in. Saute, saute. Add a little tomato paste. Cook that. Deglaze with the wine and the port. Then you add some beef stock, your aromatics, bay leaf, thyme, fresh thyme. Beef shanks go back in. Pop that bad ride in the oven with the lid on it, two and a half hours-ish, maybe three. Take the lid off, cook it for another half hour, turn the heat up a little bit, not a lot of bit. And uh, I'll put all the recipe, I'll put the recipe in the show notes. But you pull it out, you strain, take the beef out, put the stock in a fat separator. So if you don't know what that is, it's a cool little device that you dump liquid into that's got fat in it and it will separate not all of it out but some of it so then you put all that back in the pot minus the beef reduce it down till you get the consistency that you want for a sauce put the beef back in oh my god it was so good and dare i say a million times better the next day it was so cozy good and here's the other thing fun fact about your girl 
I don't like smelling food all day that's cooking in the oven. I know that sounds strange. I know a lot of people love smelling like a roasted turkey or, uh, you know, whatever something is braising, slow cooking. I don't want to smell it all day because then I don't want to eat it. I don't know why. It's just not my thing. I love the taste of a braised, slow cooked, whatever, but I don't want to smell it. I don't know. This did not stink up the house. It was so, so, so good. You can serve it with polenta. You can serve it with buttery noodles. You can serve it with roasty potatoes. You could serve it with some crusty bread and just dip that right in the sauce. Um, you could make another veg on the side if you wanted to. Whatever you want to do. But it was easy. It was delicious. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And if you don't have beef shanks, go to your butcher shop or grocery store butcher and ask them if they can cut you some beef shanks. Oh my God, it was so good. Okay, the next cozy thing we have to talk about is one other recipe that I made this week that was so easy and so good. It's legit three ingredients you can call it for if you want to. Apples, really good puff pastry. There's only one brand that I like. I will put it in the show notes. If you know another good brand, let me know. It just has to be real ingredients in the puff pastry, no chemically additive, whatever. So, and sugar. These three things turn, you can turn them into magic, basically. So these are mini apple tart tatons, and they're almost like little apple roses. Yeah, three ingredients. I'm saying possibly four if you want to add a little lemon juice to the water that you're going to soak the apples in. So you take your puff pastry, pull it out of the fridge, freezer, and I'm going to put a link to this. This is a wonderful uh, recipe writer, food blogger, Carolina. She is fabulous. She works for Food52, a handful of other publications, and her Instagram is insane. So I'm going to link all of her information in the show notes and this recipe on her Instagram page. So you, you literally take the puff pastry. It's already done into thirds, right, when you unfold it. Roll it out into like a two millimeter thickness. Cut six even strands, uh, you know, like stripes of puff pastry. Thinly slice apples. Enough. You don't need a ton, but enough. You want to soak them in hot water for four to five minutes. This is when you can add a little lemon juice to the water to prevent like air quotes like browning. But you're going to caramelize them and they're going to get brown anyway. So it's totally up to you. Then you're going to lay the apples in the center of the puff pastry strips and kind of like overlapping a little bit, standing up and down vertically. Then you take it and you roll them up. So just roll the little puff pastry apples up to make a spiral. Set them aside for a second. Get your muffin tin. Put some parchment paper down in your muffin tin for six little little muffin tin holders, right? So six of them. In a saute or in a saucepan, put your sugar. Turn on the heat. Watch it. Don't touch it. It's going to melt. It's going to get amber colored. That's when you pull it off the heat. Spoon, maybe one, two spoonfuls of the amber colored mixture in the bottom of each muffin tin. Put your little spiraled, beautiful little rose apple puff things apple side down in each little muffin tin hole 
bake it at 400, pull it out after a certain amount of time. Again, I will put the recipe in the show notes. You just made the most adorable little apple desserts and they're cozy. You can have them with a cup of tea. Use up those leftover apples that you went apple picking with that are still on your counter and slowly rotting or you go to the grocery store and buy new apples. So, so, so good, so cute. We'll link it in the show notes. So I think by now we all know what this music means, right? Okay, great. We're going to dive into a couple of listener questions. Sky from Instagram writes, what are your three favorite cookbooks from 2021? Oh, jeez. This would be like picking a favorite puppy if I had more than one, but I only have one. So that's Oliver. So maybe it's not as hard as I think. <laughs> okay. So three favorite cookbooks from 2021. I'm going to go with three favorite cookbooks that I discovered in 2021, not necessarily published in 2021 and in no specific order. I've referenced this one a handful of times, but Coconut and Symbol by Laura Lee is so, so, so good. It is really I've never been to Indonesia, but it is really authentic Indonesian cooking. It's so good. It, I mean, you can't go wrong with any recipe from there. Yes, some are a little more layered and time consuming than traditional. Don't 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 sleep on this cookbook. Don't skip steps in this cookbook. The result of the food from this cookbook, it will literally transport you to a beautiful island in the ocean somewhere other than where you are unless you're on a beautiful island in the ocean in Indonesia and if you are well then call me send your send an airplane I will pack my bag and join you the food is stunning from this I have cooked not my way totally through this cookbook but I've made a lot of recipes from this cookbook and it is outstanding All right, the next one that I found myself cooking from very frequently this year and since I bought the cookbook is Janine. And if I get your name wrong, last name wrong, I deeply apologize. Donofrio. So it's Janine Donofrio. And it's she is the author of the food blog Love and Lemons and her cookbook. She's got two. The one that I use, I mean, I use both, but I use her every day Love and Lemons cookbook so much I mean an obscene amount and it's it's the recipes every single one is a total winner they're beautifully written the pictures in the book are gorgeous I I can't speak more about this cookbook a lot of them are vegetarian if not vegan if not gluten-free um it is a cookbook for everyone I in my opinion for the most part you can add protein to things you can omit things. She gives great tips and tricks in the cookbook. Don't sleep on this one either. Like I would definitely get it. And it's got a beautiful wide range of a ton of different recipes from breakfast to lunch to dinners to mains, sides, sauces, salsas, you name it. Anything else I can think of that begins with an S, she makes it. I'm just kidding. Honestly, that's a great cookbook. And I have to mention two more because I can't pick three. But Palestine on a Plate by Judy Kala is outstanding. The, the Again, the flavors, the recipes, it's so beautiful. It's filled with gorgeous, gor- gorgeous, Jesus, Beth, gorgeous, vibrant flavors. It 
it's a really well-written cookbook um and I highly recommend supporting her and please if you're interested in cooking Lebanese Palestinian food in that from that area in that region this is a great way to introduce your palate to those flavors and recipes there's like so many more cookbooks I want to mention, but I have to say one more and then I'll put a handful in the show notes. But another one is Everyone's Table by Gregory Gordet. He was on Top Chef. It's, again, a beautifully written cookbook. It's got some more advanced recipes in it. So this might, I mean, there are beginner recipes in it as well. But if you're slightly more advanced or feel a little more comfortable in the kitchen, this is a great cookbook. The pictures are phenomenal. You know me about pictures. Um, The recipes are beautifully written. I absolutely love supporting Gregory. I think he's an amazing chef. And so I, again, eclectic. It's a global style cookbook. So it's got a ton of fun flavors. It um, is written from a chef's culinary point of view with emphasis on eating healthily, caring about what you're putting in your body, as well as supporting local agriculture. So I highly recommend picking that one up as well. Timothy in Washington State writes, I know you're out in the world cooking and trying new food and culinary things all the time. Have you stumbled upon anything new that you loved recently? So I don't know if this is a new product, but it's new to me. You know, I've been a longtime lover of Mike's Hot Honey. I didn't realize that there was an extra hot option until recently. And you better believe I have purchased that more than once. And it is delicious. I will put that on most things. Um, things that don't even need hot honey that you wouldn't think, why would I want a spicy honey on this? Like savory things. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I will do a certain rub on a chicken and then cook it, get it super crispy, not fried, but like nice and crispy in the oven or on the grill, whatever. And then at the end, when I'm about to eat it, I will drizzle some extra hot, hot, hot honey, extra hot. Yeah. Extra hot, hot honey. It's like a tongue twister on top. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. I love sweet and spicy and savory things all at the same time and same bite. So, um, I fully support that. And anyone else who, uh, enjoys that, I highly encourage you to buy some Mike's hot honey, if not the extra hot, if you're into spicy, and kicking it up like that much more. So something else that stands out that I've been using a lot here in my home kitchen is the company, The New Primal. The um, They gifted me the entire new spice line, so thank you to them for that. I really appreciate that. And the two that stand out the most, I like them all. I like them all. But if I have to, if I was on a desert island and somebody put a gun to my head and they're like, you have to pick two. Okay. It would be the all-purpose and the buffalo seasoning. Both are so good. Again, I do like them all. (laughs) But the all-purpose seasoning, you can literally put it on everything. Like, I will put it on roasted chicken, fish, roasted potatoes, eggs, anything and everything. It's really, for savory, all-purpose seasoning, it really is super good. I really recommend that. The buffalo, I will put that on, again, anything that I want buffalo flavored, but without like 
all of the sugar and the other stuff that's in the other types of buffalo sauces. This gives it great flavor, but without all of the extra stuff that's in the sauces. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So like a baked potato, kick it up a little bit, or you want to like roast mushrooms and make them buffalo-y, put the seasoning on after the roasted mushrooms are done, put them on top of your baked potato, maybe with some shredded rotisserie chicken, some blue cheese chunks, and some like shredded up celery and carrots and a little sour cream. Boom! Dinner is done. Just saying. So good. I, I really, I have no idea why I'm just talking about condiments <laughs> and like spices and stuff. Maybe that's what I bought recently that's standing out in my mind. But there's a company called, and again, this is not new to the world and it's not really new to me per se. I've just been using it a lot to the point that I've used at least two jars of this and I just rebought another one, which is why I'm going to bring it up. But there's a company called Tutu, Tutto Calabria and it is crushed Calabrian chili, pe chili peppers in a paste in a glass jar. Again, Tutto, Tutto, Tutio, Tutto, but I can only speak Italiano, Tutto Calabria. I think that's correct. I'll put it in the show notes. It's like yeah, crushed red peppers on steroids. It's so good and flavorful. And if you love crushed red pepper, like, you know, what we have here in the U.S. that you see my mom and I keep our crushed red pepper, any red spice. I don't know why we do this. Any red spice we put in the fridge. Am I the only person? Is, is my mom and I, are we the only people on the planet who do that? If we are, let me know. Um, if you do that too, let me know. But that's what we do. And so it's, you know, this, you, you would have to refrigerate this, especially once you open it. But it is, a little goes a long way. It is so good. It takes that crushed red pepper next level. And Calabrian chilies are so effing good. Highly recommend it. You can buy it on Amazon for sure. It's like 10 bucks a bottle. And a bottle might last you a year. I don't know how what your hot pepper fix is. Apparently, I'm obsessed with spicy things today because it's all I'm talking about. Maybe because it's super craptastic out and I just want to be cozy and warm. So there we go. Sticking to the theme on brand. Last but definitely not least. Here we go. Calvin from Instagram writes, fall and winter cocktails. What are you currently obsessed with? Direct into the point, Calvin. I like that. So I could sit here and say the obvious ones like a hot toddy or a, you know, mulled cider with um, whiskey or an old fashioned cozy things, things that I think of when I want to be cozy. But in reading recently the Stanley Tucci memoir, Taste, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I have refound my love for Negronis. And as Stanley Tucci says, which I'm going to now read verbatim from his, again, memoir, Taste, it is, place all the booze in a cocktail shaker filled with ice, shake it well, strain it into a coupe, garnish with a slice of orange, sit down, drink it. The sun is now in your stomach. How can you not want a Negroni after reading that? It's, yes, yes, I want the sun in my stomach. Yes, I want to enjoy that. 
Absolutely. So my fall cocktail of choice in it's not winter yet, so I'm not going to I can't go there is without question right now in this moment this week last week is a Negroni, a Negroni or a really good freaking glass of red wine. I'm not drinking much right now. So when I do drink it, I don't care what it costs. I don't care how expensive the wine is, how expensive the booze is. I want the best of the best because I'm going to enjoy every single drop of it. And um, that's the, those are the, those are my two fall picks right now. I can go in another direction and say, oh, a pumpkin beer with a cinnamon sugar rim and a shot of Stoli vanilla in it. No, no, mm-mm, no. A Negroni, a really, really, really good Negroni. And I'll, honestly, having it up, I normally drink them on the rocks. And I have a new love now of having them up in a coupe glass. So I highly recommend you trying it and let me know when you do. Well, this was a total delight and pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this bite-sized episode. It meant a lot to me to sit down and chat with you today. And thanks for taking time to listen. As always, if you have questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, shoot me an email at letsgoonafoodadventure@gmail.com. Tag me in your food adventures on Instagram at Let's Go on a Food Adventure. And check out my website for all of the show notes and everything we just talked about, elizabethrfuller.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make some yummy food for one another this weekend. Be cozy, lead with kindness, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye, guys. Bye.